Hey, did you see Dave's last post on Instagram? Yeah, he just got back from another European trip. Like, where does this guy get all his money from? Whoa, dude, check it out. Becca actually texted me back. She said, hey with three Y's? What the hell does that even mean? Okay, so I've been on this juice cleanse for like three days now and it is going so well. I have a juice for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and if I want to cheat a little bit, I'll have one grape. How many of us can relate to one, if not all of these scenarios? With so many podcasts focusing on a specific topic, I thought, why not talk about something that we can all relate to? Social media, dating, staying in shape. These are things that we are all experiencing on a daily basis. So come along for the ride as I share with you my thoughts on everyday life. This is Talking with John G. I feel like I need to figure out a way to properly introduce a podcast. Like, is there a way to properly do that? I don't know. Because most people I feel like they just say, hey, how's it going guys, or welcome back. And to me that just sounds a little bit scripted. And what I want to do is to try to keep this as real, as unscripted as possible. So I guess I could just start it anyway, right? Welcome back. Talking with John G here. We are on our fifth episode? Yeah, number five. All right. We're doing it. We're still consistent. We're doing once a week, talking with John G. Last week, I had my good buddy, Mike Dion, because I was visiting Montreal, where my family is. And shout out to Mike again. He's an awesome guy. And congratulations to to him and all his success with his podcast, which is, again, the Sneaker Podcast. And if you want to listen to that, you could find that on many platforms like iTunes. Um, is it on Spotify? I don't know. You might have mentioned that. But if you just look up the Sneaker Podcast on Instagram or just on the internet, you will you will see all their info. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, so for today's topic, because last week was, was a little more serious and intense, I figured I'd make it a little more light this week. Now, before I get into the topic, I want to remind you guys, because I'm a new podcast, I don't have any money for advertisements, so instead, I make up my own. So here is my fifth advertisement. Hey, babe. What do you want to do tonight? Uh, I don't know. We can go out for food, go to a movie, or just Netflix and chill? No, babe, I need you to make a decision. I don't care. I'll do whatever you want. Oh my god, like, why can't you just choose something? Hey you, we've all been there before, right? So many things to do, but no one is able to make a decision. What if I told you there was a simple trick to figuring out what you wanted to do? It's easy. Just make up your damn mind. On today's episode, I want to talk about commuting. And I know it just kind of sounds random and why would you talk about that? But the fact is, if you live in a big city like Montreal or Toronto, commuting is obviously a part of your daily life. And there's definitely some struggles that we all kind of deal with, I think, on a daily basis when it comes to commuting. So before I get into that, I actually want to try something a little different this week. Now, normally with podcasts, someone will just sit down either by themselves or with with some guests and they'll just talk. I want to kind of mix it up a bit. Instead, I decided to go out to the general public and just get their opinions on their commute. Because I feel like living in Toronto, you always hear about something happening and a lot of people have something to complain about. So I decided to hit the streets or in this case, hit the store and... Here's what people have to say. 
Test, test. Hannah, what do you hate about commuting every day to work? Traffic and bad drivers. I need a better answer than that. Don't have one. Thanks, Hannah. Check, check. Hey, Steph. What do you hate about commuting to work? I don't. I'm magic. I fly. You what? <laughs> I fly. I click my ruby heels. Great answer. So that was cool. I mean, it's, it's nice to have a perspective or a different perspective other than just mine on commuting and what we do and how we get around. So in terms of commuting and how we get around the city, there's definitely many ways of doing that. In Toronto, where I live, there's... Well, I'll just tell you how I personally get around, which is either this streetcar or the subway. I also take Uber, but I'll get into that a little bit later. Now, the streetcar is one of those things that doesn't exist all over the world or all over Canada. It did used to exist in Montreal, where I grew up, but I think that kind of went away many, many decades ago. And in Toronto, it's been going on for also many decades, I guess. And it's actually pretty cool. There's not many streetcar lines, and most of them do go east and west. There's only a few or a couple that go, I guess, north, south. But they basically can take you across town. And in my case, I take one on St. Clair, which goes, again, east and west. And it's really cool because it actually has its own reserved lane. So it doesn't really compete with the traffic or the cars. Um, it also has its own lights. So again, it doesn't really kind of slow down when the cars are stopped at a light. So I really like that. Uh, the other form of transportation I take is the subway, which is part of the TTC, which stands for the Toronto Transit Commission. Now, the subway is an in, is, is huge, <laughs> first of all. It's a very big system, although some people would argue in Toronto that it's not big enough. There needs to be more stops or more routes added. And I agree, because Toronto is a very, very big city, and sometimes people just have trouble getting to where they want to go. Now... Luckily for me, for my two jobs, my commute is extremely short. And when I say short, I mean like to get to my gym from my place, it's literally a 10-minute streetcar. First, I, I walk five minutes to the, the streetcar stop, and then I get on. It's 10 minutes. I'm there. So it's like a 15-minute total ride or commute. And if I want to go to my radio station, I again walk about five minutes to the subway, and then I take the subway only three stops south, and I then walk another five minutes, and I'm there pretty much from my door to the the entrance of my radio station it's a total of 20 minutes that is really convenient and I, I think i take it for granted because a lot of people who live in toronto their commutes are on average 45 minutes to an hour if not more and that's whether you're taking the public transportation or driving there is there are so many people that are stuck in traffic every day or stuck on the subway because usually they're going more than just three stops like i do and Again, I, I really am lucky that I don't have to struggle with that. But something that I think we all struggle with on the subway specifically is etiquette. And there's many forms of etiquette when it comes to using public transportation. And one of them that keeps coming up in my head that I experience almost every time is when people kind of stand in your way when you're trying to get out of the subway. Now, I'll just give you an example. I get off at a stop called Young and Bloor which is at Young and Bloor Street. And that is a major, major intersection in Toronto. It's probably one of the busiest in Toronto, if not the busiest, um, because it's on Young Street, which is the longest street in Canada, I believe, or North America. And it intersects with Bloor, which is also a very, very busy street. 
So anytime I get out of there, there's always a lot of people who are both getting off the, the subway, but there's also a lot of people that are getting on. And for those people that are getting on the subway, they need to remember the people who are getting out need room to get out. If you just stand in the way, there's going to be issues. So what usually happens is, and I notice this almost every time I take the subway, is I'm about to get out and the people who are waiting outside will kind of just stand around and then some of them will kind of will just step to the side a bit to give us a little inch of space to, to get out. But more often than not, I find myself bumping into people and sometimes I want to say something, but I usually don't. Now, ideally, what I wish I could do, and I know this sounds silly, I wish I could be like, no, not Noah, uh, Moses. <laughs> I was going to say Noah. That's Noah is the ark. Moses, if you remember in the Ten Commandments, he had a staff. I wish, by the way, if you don't know what a staff is, I'm not talking about the infection. I'm talking about a literal staff, a pole, a rod. I want to be like Noah. Take this staff, and when I when those subway doors open, I want to take that rod and slam it on the ground, and then everyone will just separate, like the, the sea, Dead Sea, just the sea. I don't know. I should more, know more about this. I am Jewish, but thanks a lot for all the learning that I did in Hebrew school. Obviously, tens of thousands of dollars down the drain. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Anyways, I, I honestly just wish that these people would separate, but they don't. They just stand there. And then the best part is, if I knock into them because I'm trying to get out, they look at me or they give me a look. I'm like, what are you, fucking stupid? Like, get out of the way. But it never fails. They just stand there. So that's one thing. If you're waiting to get on the subway, you need to respect people's spaces and let them off first. Otherwise, there's going to be chaos and someone's and someone can get really hurt, to be honest. Another thing, and this is something that I think has kind of come into light in the last few years, and that is manspreading, which is a, I want to say made up word, but it, it is made up. Just spreading your legs. It's considered wrong but apparently this happens more with men than women. Now, let me argue for just for one second for men, and I think it's something that all men will understand, and that's that we have stuff in the middle of our legs, in our crotch, that if we just keep our legs close together, it can get a little uncomfortable, and that's just the facts of life. So we need a bit of space, and we need to open up our legs to let, let, the, let the jewels breathe a little bit. Sorry if I'm being too graphic. But, excuse me, I'm just burping a bit. Oh my god, I just drank some soda. So manspreading apparently is a big issue with some people. Now I will agree with the fact that if it's a really full subway or bus or streetcar and you're spreading your legs, whether you're a man or a woman, that's not right. You should keep your legs shut to respect other people's space and let people put their bags down or just let them have enough space to stand. I will say personally, if the bus, the streetcar, the subway, whatever, if it's really empty or relatively quiet, I will absolutely spread my legs wide open as long as I'm not interfering with anyone. Because to be honest, it's just really comfy and there's just no other way about it. I'll also even sometimes put my feet up on a seat and usually it's, my, I'll make sure my feet, or my, not my feet, but my shoes, I'll make sure my shoes are not dirty because I understand if your feet are, I keep saying feet, if my shoes are very dirty or wet, then yes, it's not considerate of others if they're going to sit in that seat after me. I get that. I find it really funny because I think the whole etiquette thing has been, has been getting out of hand recently in Toronto to the point 
where they actually hired Seth Rogen, the actor, to actually voice over some etiquette reminders on the PA system in the subway. And I think this started because back, I remember maybe about a half a year ago or so, they hired Morgan Freeman in Vancouver to do the voice on the on the subway or the, the SkyTrain. And then something happened with Morgan Freeman where I think he was accused of sexual assault. So they're like, nope, we cannot have that. So then I remember, I think Seth Rogen said on Twitter, like, hey, I'll do it. And people were like, great. So the TTC actually hired him. And I think it only lasted about a month. But I do remember hearing his voice when I was waiting for the subway. And to be honest, it is extremely annoying, especially his laugh. I, I just can't stand that laugh. So yes, there's a lot of etiquette that needs to be taken into consideration, whether you are getting on the bus, off the bus, on the subway, off the subway, whatever. The last thing I'll talk about when it comes to the TTC is the subway again, or something else that involves a subway. And that's when there's closures, line closures. A lot of times there's, they, they close a, an entire line or part of a line just to repair the tracks. And when that happens, they have, they have shuttle buses and you have no choice. I mean, unless you want to walk, but if you can't take the subway, you got to take the shuttle bus. And one time this happened to me at Young and Bloor, again, probably the busiest intersection. And this was also at the height of rush hour around four or five o'clock where the entire subway, at least starting um, at Young and Bloor going north was shut down because I think someone might've fell on the tracks. I don't know, something happened. There was an emergency. And so they had to deploy the shuttle buses that would go along Young Street. Now, I was in a sea of probably thousands, literally thousands of people waiting to get on the bus, and everyone's cramming in, of course, and once I got on the bus, it was barely moving because it was also, it was, again, it was traffic, and the buses were contending with the, with the cars at the time when it was rush hour, so maybe the bus moved about a couple feet here and there, and then finally the guy in the bus, or the bus driver, went on the speakers and said, okay, everybody, I have an update. The subway has resumed service. Now you have a choice. You can either stay on the bus or get off and go into the subway. However, keep in mind, there are thousands of people that are in the subway that are trying to get back on, and there will be thousands more who are going to get off these buses probably and try to get back on the subway. So you have a choice. You can either get off or stay on. Now, if you want to get off, just ring the bell. And I swear to God, just right after he said ring the bell, someone rang that bell. And I was actually going to ring it because I wanted to get the hell out of there. I actually am very fortunate because I live only about 30 minutes. I'm, I'm only a 30 minute walk from from Young and Bloor. So I just got the hell out of there and I walked home. I actually stopped for some whiskey. I don't know why. I sounds like an alcoholic, but I don't, I don't drink that often, but I saw this ad for an, a, a coffee whiskey in the subway, funny enough, and I decided to just pick it up on the way home, so yeah. Oh, public transportation, it is not fun sometimes. Now driving, now for those people who are like, hey, John G, I don't take public transportation, I have a car. Good for you, first of all. Second. Um, you're not off the hook either because I drive as well one of my other jobs which well not my other but the job that I was talking about which is working at the radio I actually have to take a car to the events that I work for and let me tell you I see lots of issues with drivers in Toronto lots of times people like to compare and contrast uh, just Montreal and Toronto in general especially when it comes to driving in Montreal I feel like it's just different because we have so many potholes and the roads are just terrible in general that we kind of just are bad drivers by default or by accident. It's not our fault, really. It's the city's fault. But we're kind of bad drivers. Or we just swerve in and out of lanes 
just to avoid the potholes. What I've noticed in Toronto when it comes to the drivers is that they are extremely fast. And when I say fast, I mean really fast. I believe the the max speed limit on the highway is 100 miles, oh, not miles, kilometers. Oh, God. It's funny. I actually prefer using miles instead of kilometers, but if, if the max was 100 miles, that would be insane. But the max speed limit is 100 kilometers an hour. And I will say that people are definitely given a bit of leeway when it comes to that. No one actually goes 100. Everyone goes above it. In my personal experience, I would say you can get away with anywhere from 10 to 18 kilometers above the speed limit. So, for instance, I tend to go max usually about 118. If, it, if the max is 100, I'll go up to about 118. But I feel like if you're going to 120 plus, you're pushing it. And I think you do deserve to be pull over. You deserved to be pull over. But what I noticed in Toronto is if, when you're on the highway, I, I could be going 110, 115, and there are people that are easily passing me going 130, 140, 150 probably, even faster. And it, it honestly blows my mind because I feel like I'm going fast enough, but some people are like, nope, I'm just going to go double your limit and get into an accident. And this even happens with my Uber uh, drivers sometimes where I'm taking an Uber and they go on the highway and they're also going like 130, 140 and on one end I'm thinking holy shit I'm going to die but on the other end I'm like sweet I'm going to get to my destination quicker so I don't know that's it's, it's tricky uh, that's another thing Uber that's again another way that I, I get around town and I will say it's a very convenient form of communi communication it's a very convenient form of transportation think about it for a second uber has only been around what five six years maybe maybe longer but it's only been really popular in the last i would say three four years and it's one of those technologies that we think about it's one of those technologies where we think wow what what would, what would i do without this or i couldn't imagine my life without this right it's like cell phones or any other technology like thinking how how did I live before that? We are so dependent on these technologies right now that it's hard to believe that we survived without them. But the truth is, we did, right? We survived without Uber, we survived without iPhones and all the other smartphones, and yet now that we have them, we find it so hard to, to go back, right? And that's definitely an issue, maybe, or a topic that I want to talk about in the future. But when it comes to Uber, I will say I don't take it often, or it depends on your perspective, but I take it often enough where I keep getting these discounts and the discounts are usually four or five dollars off per ride and that will last for about a week. Now the funny thing was when I would get this, it would last for an entire week and it doesn't matter how many rides I would take, it would just give me five dollars off each ride and then after the week was up, it would go back to the normal price. However, what I've noticed in the last couple months is I keep getting the four or five dollar off rides week after week after week and it just doesn't end. And I'm thinking to myself, why? Why am I so lucky? And I think it's because I use it too much or often enough where the the company, Uber, is literally like a drug dealer and they keep giving me my fix because I feel like if I don't use it enough, I'm going to hopefully get out of that bad habit. But instead, they're like, hey, you haven't used our service in like four days. Here's a here's another $5 coupon. And sure enough, I I can't resist their sweet, sweet deal and I take it. Now granted, I do usually take rides that are pretty cheap or not too far or not too long. I'd say the average Uber ride that I take cost about 
seven eight dollars or even six which is why i guess i justify taking it so much is because i figure it's only six seven bucks what's the what's the big deal right well the big deal is that adds up over time to the point where I'm sometimes spending almost 100 bucks uh, a month, if not more, on Uber. And on top of that, I'm already paying for my my monthly uh, TTC uh, Presto, my, my card that I take to get all over the city. And that costs $132 a month. Normally, it's 146 but I actually bought a plan for a year. And because I committed to a year, I got a discount for, I think it's $13 cheaper or $14 cheaper than it usually is a month. So not only am I paying the 132 for the monthly pass, I'm also I could also be paying about around 100 bucks for Uber a month, and that obviously is not cheap, and I'm not that rich, so it's ridiculous. Uh, oh, one more thing when it comes to driving, I just I just thought about this. Drivers in Toronto love to use their horns, and when I say love to use them, I mean they love to use them. Like right now, I'm in my place, and normally I hear horns. Right now, it's eerily quiet which is nice but there's never a dull moment where you hear a horn especially in a major street because I actually live in, near a major intersection but when the drivers use their horn they don't just do a little beep beep they like really hold on the horn like eh, and I could keep going on and on and on but it literally lasts for a good five seconds if not more first of all you don't need to do it for that long if you do a little beep beep they get the point. Not only is it really annoying for the person that you're beeping at, but it's more it's even more annoying for the people that are walking, for the pedestrians, because you probably will look back and you'll say, what the hell's going on? And you get a little worried, and it turns out it's just some jerk who's really upset. And, and I'll tell you another funny thing when it comes to commuting around a city, especially a big city like Toronto, and this can go, and this can kind of intertwine with a previous topic, which is dating. I think we tend to limit our scope or our range of people we date based on where they live in the city. And I know it sounds crazy to say, but in I think it's kind of true. And I've talked to people and they say, yeah, I'm not going to date someone that lives so many miles or so many kilometers away from me because if we don't have a car, it's sometimes tough to meet up. And to some people, when they hear that, they probably think, first of all, you're fucking lazy and maybe I am. But it's kind of true. If you don't live near a subway stop or or a bus route or a streetcar, chances are I don't want to date you. That sounds really shitty of me. I'm an asshole. No, I'm not. I'm a good person. Yeah, keep telling yourself that, John G. Good person. Seriously, though, it's a thing. I, I, I don't want to have to go... Or If I had a car, I would gladly go meet someone or go to their place or even to their to pick them up. And I did that when I was living in Montreal. I had a car for many years because it was way cheaper to own, especially the insurance. But now that I live here, I just don't need a car and it's also too expensive to own one. So because I'm using public transportation, it's just something that actually is considered where if you're going to meet someone who lives really far away, more often than not, you're either going to say, hey, let's meet halfway or one person is going to go further than the other, right? Now... Let's just remember, people who are listening, I have a Swiss chalet right near my place. It's like a two-minute walk. So in case you're complaining like, oh, God, why don't you come to my area? Just remember, I have Swiss chalet right next to my place. End of story. Come to my come to my area. Okay? Problem solved. I think we're going to end it there for episode number five, commuting. 
Um, thank you again for listening. And I also want to know what your commute is like, because I feel like it's, it's an actual thing that we discuss, especially living in Toronto. And I keep saying living in Toronto. I think we're just all stuck up here. And I think I've developed that attitude of being a stuck up Torontonian now that I live here. But I guess the world, the world really does revolve around us sometimes. Ah, boy. Anyways, we're just going to end it there. Going to have some awesome Drake music to take me out. But let me know what your commute is like, because I feel like we all have a story, and we've all had some funny stories when it comes to getting around town. Especially, like, crazy Uber rides. I don't know. I haven't had anything crazy happen to me yet. But God knows, something will happen eventually. So thank you again for tuning in, for listening. Thank you again for all the support. And I will see you soon. And you know what? I just thought of a good sign-off. For anyone who's in Montreal, you'll appreciate this. It goes, peace, love, and moomba.